Hello, and welcome to The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Happy New Year. Happy 2023. We hope that you left all the bullshit behind in 2022 and are ready to take on new bullshit in 2023. My name is Patrick Arias, and it is my pleasure to be your tour guide as we break down and discuss this weekend's hot picks and bold predictions. We are dedicated to covering all the best sporting events taking place from Wednesday to Sunday. And this weekend is no different. As always, I am joined by my co-hosts, Andres, the Cavalier King, and Bryant, First Prize Flores. Welcome back, gentlemen. Happy New Year to the both of you. Um, It's good to see your faces. I know that we've uh, been wishing each other and communicating Happy New Year via text, but it's good to see your face, Andres. Um, How are you doing this evening in the new year? We're four days in. I'm doing well. Something new. I'm not drinking to start off the January. I'm going dry January, uh, so that's a little. I, I have. I don't have an itch. I'm not angry as much. So that's good. I think maybe it's helping me. I don't know if it's going to give me clarity on my picks, but we'll see how that goes. I know Flores is on the same same pace as I am. This is <laughs> living living a healthier life. Uh, but can we? You know what I am tired about is the bullshit of us. You know, not doing a show for a long time. I feel like we have to stop this holiday. We're not even getting holiday pay. This is bullshit. Flores is getting the holiday pay, though. Hey, that felt like forever, that December month and all these holidays. So I'm glad as much as I enjoyed it that we're putting that behind us. We're getting started on on real life again, getting back to the routine. And this Mm -hmm. is definitely part of the routine. And just as we're saying this, the Chicago Bulls, which have a 6-1 and record against the top three in the East, just beat the Nets. So it's, it's a good day. It's a good way to start the year and the show, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, like you guys mentioned, we took some time off in November and December. We probably did like four shows total during both of those months. Um, so if we were lucky, if we were lucky, no, it was definitely four. It was definitely four. So it's just, it's good to be back. And like Flora said, it's good to be in our routine. Um, you know, we're getting older and we're old men, old men like their routines. So, uh, with that being said, speaking of routines, we routinely start off every episode with a hero or a headline, extremely close and extremely dear to our hearts. And us being um, in Los Angeles, being Angelinos, it doesn't get any more close or any more dear to our hearts than the none, none other than Vince Scully. Uh, Vince Scully was one of the um, more popular, more famous uh, sports icons that passed away in the year of 2022. And as I just mentioned, um, you know, we're all getting older and I just wanted to kind of, you know, give like a little bit of respect or, you know, just show some respect, you know, a little bit of condolences for these famous sports icons that passed away in 2022, um, starting with the head coach from the Atlanta Falcons. And he actually passed away January 1st, 2022, former coach Dan Reeves. Uh, Do you remember him, Andres? Oh, yeah, I remember Dan Reeves, the coach of the uh, Dirty Birds, man, for the Atlanta Falcons back in the day with Jamal Anderson and stuff. Yeah, I mean, he never won a Super Bowl, but that's a different story for another day. But 
I mean, he was a hell of a coach. Uh, you know, I hate that we say that condolences and shit. We should really be celebrating their life because that's what they were doing. So, uh, you know, it was cool to see Dan Reeves on the sideline. Uh, he didn't put up with any bullshit. He had a lot of fun with his players. He was a player's coach. So, uh, you know, RIP. Uh, Flores, do you remember Dan Reeves? Yeah, like you said, the Dirty Bird. I mean, that team right there. I remember they beat the Vikings. I think that might have even been Randy Moss's Vikings, or maybe that. I don't know if that was before him, but. No, that was Moss, yeah, man. That was yeah, Moss yeah. with Cunningham. Yeah, he, he definitely, you know, he established himself with that win. And Bill Russell, also. We lost the legendary, the GOAT, you know, Bill Russell. And we, we definitely talked about him enough. Um, you know, when he passed away, at the time he passed away, we dedicated a lot of time to him on that week's show. So rest in peace to him. Uh, Flores, your boy, the one and only Judge Mills Lane. Uh, yeah. yeah. Tell me, there. I mean, there's not a even close, like, second place of most famous either referee or anything or, or umpire, whatever you want to call in any sport, than Mills Lane, celebrity death match. He was also on one of those Judge Judy type shows where he was the judge because he was a, he had a law degree and he was a practicing lawyer uh, at the same time. So, yeah, it took no guff and he was involved in all those famous Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield fights that everybody's still talking about. So, shout out Mills Lane. And I know er, uh, you mentioned, you know, we celebrated Bill Russell when he passed away in one of the goats and I know you were going to mention it. Hope I'm not stealing your shine, but one that we weren't able to really give light to and, and, and celebrate his glory, I know we did a little bit on the Instagram page when it happened, was Pele, um, you know, given everything that happened with the World Cup and, you know, it just, it, it, it's it's kind of fitting in a way, you know, it's very poetic that it was around the World Cup that mm -hmm. everybody was talking about him while the World Cup was happening, while South America, the, the light was on them, the bright lights were on them with Brazil and with Argentina. So, you know, in a way, it was poetic in the way that, that, his life, unfortunately, given everything um, ended, but at least it, it just it gave us a reminder of his greatness. And Andres, I know more than anybody, it's, there's no one better. Greatness. There's no one better, man. There's absolutely no one better. The, the man won three, an elusive three World Cups in a career. Uh, it's, it was never done before him, and I don't think it'll ever be done after him. Um, I thought Mbappe was the one that would have got close to it, but him losing to Argentina, I just don't see it happening. Um, and I don't think that that's a, that's a feat that won't be accomplished ever again. It's one of those records that I don't think anybody will touch. And I could be wrong, but, you know, you see Messi and they call him the go because, but he has one World Cup. Pelé has three. And then what, what are you categorizing him as? Like, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's number one in my book. He'll always be number one. Uh, Flores, you said it right when you know when we posted on on our, our Instagram page that he was doing it before anybody else was, right? Yeah, and everybody talks about him not going to Europe, and uh, they have a lot of criticism. But keep in mind, at that time, the best league in the world was the Brazilian league. Like they they had a guy go to Europe that couldn't even he was killing. I forget his name, but he was killing it in Europe at the time. But he couldn't even make the Brazilian squad for the World Cup. So mm -hmm. that's as good as it gets. So why would you have to leave Santos and those teams he was on? So all the, a lot of the criticisms that are lobbied against him and, and, you know, modern football and all that. But the scoring 
you go check those stats and the scoring ratios compared to today are very accurate. So all the plays he's doing, that football that he was playing back then is still as modern as it gets, as much as people criticize him. And let's not forget, without Pelé, there really is no soccer in the U.S. I mean, they brought him in for the U.S. League back in the 70s with the Metro Stars in New York. And everywhere he went, he sold out, sold out seats. So, you know, without that... And without him, there wouldn't be any soccer in the U.S. You wouldn't have an MLS. You wouldn't be, you know, talking about the next World Cup being here in the U.S., let alone back in 94. So, I mean, he paved ways for a lot of things. And, and you know, it's just – it's set, he put soccer on the map, in my opinion, uh, to, to the astronomically, you know, high category and rebellions that it is today. You, you really think that there wouldn't be any soccer in America without him? Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. and then with the help of Pibe Valderrama from Colombia coming in the '90s in the MLS, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just playing, I'm just playing. But <laughs> no, Pelé definitely was one of those first that you get the ball rolling. And keep in mind, the U.S. like they made the semifinals of the World Cup back in the '30s. That the the soccer was supposed to grow in the U.S. and never did. So Pelé definitely okay. helped bring that back up. I never, uh, I never knew that. So. Thanks, Andres, the historian, the football historian. And uh, if you didn't see Flores, he just winked at us right now, Mr. Cool Guy. And then rest in peace to Franco Harris, the immaculate reception for the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Raiders um, secondary. And um, Mike Leach, head coach for, uh, I mean, historic head coach, Andres. Uh, what what are the, uh, you voted Mike Leach in to this conversation, why? Yeah, I mean, look, he's probably one of the most surprising deaths of the year, uh, as Flores was stating off air, that he died during the season for the, you know, before his bowl game uh, and even before the bowl game. But, you know, he, he was a player's coach, right? And then his quirk, quirky quotes that he would do uh, and the fact that he didn't care and that his nickname was the Pirate, uh, which is why, if you saw and noticed on the game for Mississippi State, that on the other side of the helmet had yeah. a pirate flag. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's fine. I find it fitting too that their bowl game happened to be at the home stadium of Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, and then his portrait uh, and photograph was on the actual pirate ship. So that's all fitting. And the fact that they won too is just, you know, it's just, uh, it's definitely a swan song in my opinion that it, it's just fitting for all this to occur uh, with the pirate notion, but you know that it was just with him. Look, walk, he, off, walk off, pick six. It's just, you can't get better than that. Oh well, yeah, that, that saves a lot of better. So I know he was helping with his uh, heavenly wings, making sure they covered the spread. But uh, <laughs> you know, he's just one of those players, Pat. I mean, he's one of those coaches that he was offensive mind. He he was putting up points. He set the mark at Washington State. He he gave chances to the players that didn't you know didn't think had a shot like uh, Gar, uh, Minshew. Um, you know, and then Will Rogers right now, the third for Mississippi State. So he was that air gun, air raid offense, and he always liked to throw it. And that's what I liked about him, right? He wasn't your typical old school smash mouth football kind of coach. He's like, look, we're going to throw the ball. We're going to get 500 yards in the air. We're going to make catches. We're going to, you know, we're going to beat them the long ball. So he was just one of those coaches. So that's why I threw him in there. You had to recognize quality and, uh, and the fact that he's, He's just a player coach. Well, let's keep it with you, Andres. You have a hero or a headline that is hockey related? Yeah, hockey related. Let's talk about let's talk about old men and stuff. And you know, I don't think I mean he's closer to death, but not so much. Is Yarmir Yager? Jesus, <laughs> fifty years old, scores a goal at uh, at fifty, the oldest player to score a goal in the Czech Republic League. 
uh, going back. He's still playing, still fighting the net. He'll be 51 the next month. Um, but internationally, hockey, the you know the NHL, well, it's not even the NHL, but the Hockey Hall of Fame doesn't has doesn't have anything to do with NHL. You can play across the seas. Uh, this guy's already a gamer, clearly a first ballot Hall of Famer, but the fact that he's still scoring goals at 50 is phenomenal. I saw it the other day on Sports Center. I was like, good for him. Like, I've always been a big fan of him. Um, and he's, just, he's still going to score more goals until he's 60, I think. You know, so hmm. he, I, he'll probably score more when he's dead, too, by, you know, luck of the draw. Who knows? I got, I got two words for you. Jackie Moon. That's all Jogger is doing right now. He's the owner of that team, and he can't sell any fucking tickets. So he's like, fuck it. I'm going to get in there. There was an injury, I think is what it was, too. So that's why he's in there, dude. He's totally Jackie Mooning that shit. Wolf Farrell, when he's when he has that basketball team with Andre 3000, for those that don't get the reference. But he's totally Jackie Mooning that shit in major respect because if anybody could pull it off, it's Charmin Jogger. You know what's funny about the the game that he scored the goal in Flores, and you'd appreciate it because you're a collector of uh, you know uh, of memorabilia, but of clothing and articles and stuff, you know articles of clothing and jerseys. Is that he was still wearing the throwback '90s jersey when he scored that goal? So little heads up on that, yeah. Oh wow, actually, um, I, I know we got to fucking move on with things, but I wanted to throw this in now that you mentioned it. There was one of these pages runs a famous like competition of rarest uh vintage jerseys and uh gaylord airy old timers jersey that he actually wore in the game with all of the patches of the teams like the giants and all the teams he played for on both sides went against uh madoni i don't know what the fuck his name is uh nhl player but viper cats uh minor league jersey that he played one game in that won it, and that's like a fucking $2,000 jersey. So you're talking about rare jerseys and all that. They're the shit, and they're out there. So collectors, get at me if you have them. I'm down. <laughs> and then let's keep it with you then, Flores. Your hero and your headline is soccer-related? Yeah, so it's a little bit of a hero and a little bit of a headline I don't know. I was going to leave it for later, but the quick hero that I'll mention, we just mentioned him, Messi winning the World Cup, doing what he did, just complete stamp of approval, all that stuff. And then that was the greatest part of the World Cup. But to us Americans, now this novella that is unfolding, this Shakespearean novella of Berhalter, the coach, and Claudio Reyna, a former player and friend, close friend of Bear Halter, whose son, Gio Reyna, is on the team. It's, it's literally, I know everybody out there probably knows what's going on, but it's literally a Shakespearean drama because both of these families were as close as it gets. And then all of a sudden, Gio Reyna didn't get any playing time at the World Cup. And so uh, Danielle Reyna, who is the mother of Gio Reyna, who was a four-year team member of Burhalter's wife at North Carolina University playing soccer all four years together with her still went and exposed something that happened in like 91, like, you know, 30 years ago of a domestic violence situation between them just because Gio Reyna got thrown under the bus because Burhalter mentioned that a player got almost sent home 
in a press conference. It's just one of the most insane things. And it has to be a headline. It has to be something that's talked about because finally there's something to fucking talk about with U.S. soccer. Am I wrong under this? No, I mean, you know, it it comes with no surprise that something's going to happen with regards to Burhalter handling the situation and sitting down Gio Reyna pretty much the whole World Cup. I, I still don't, I don't understand why or what the reasoning was. Um, he's literally the best player. So I guess the fans got upset because they didn't start the best player that the U.S. has in all the nations. So yeah, I just, I think it's crazy. I mean, but also though, now he's being investigated too, the coach, Burl. Yeah. It's just, Jesus and they, Christ. So pretty much got him fired. He's not coaching the U.S. anymore. His fucking contract is over. But can can Gio Reyna stop being a little girl though, Flores? Can he not fight his own fights? He needs what to speak to mom, mommy and daddy. They're dude. fucking what? The... Talk about all that conversation. I know everybody's heard about deep nepo babies or you know nepotism babies or whatever the hell the saying is of all those Hollywood actors having kids yeah, and all that. This yeah. is like the ultimate of that. Like, are so, you kidding me, dude? Let me get imagine so... any other player having their parents trying to say something like that. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so I, I I saw this today on TV. So basically, the U.S. men's coach for the World Cup did not play his best friend's son that was on the team. And the mom of that player said some shit that happened back in 1991, and now it's a big old mess, right? Yeah, she threatened saying that to the U.S. national team, and then she actually did. Uh, I guess at some point, I don't, I don't know the specifics of all that, but that that's pretty much it. Yeah. And he hit his wife or his girlfriend in 91. Yeah. He was like drunk at a bar. They were like in college at the time. Um, and then he like seek counseling after and they broke up and now they're married Have four kids. I think it is, you know, been okay. married forever. So, you know, it's like something that's like, damn, what the fuck is the point of bringing that up? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, when does something like this ever happen? You know, it's, it's something that obviously is between them. And it may, at the end of the day, not really affect anybody because it's not like Berhalter might have been coming back to the team. So it's pointless anyway. He wasn't coming back. But maybe it affects him with other jobs. I don't know. But it's like, why? What's the point of all this? And when do we ever get some real juicy drama like this ever? You know what I mean? From U.S. soccer. <laughs> okay, so Flores, real, real quick with regards to like domestic abuse and and hitting people at bars and and clubs, what do you what's your thoughts on Dana White slapping his wife after he got slapped at, at a bar in Mexico for the New Year? Is that going to affect anything? I don't be more aware, but look, but Dana, Dana White said it himself. Like he kicked a, 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 a up and coming fighter, I, I don't remember the name, out of the UFC because he put his hands on a girl and he's like, that's never going to happen to any of my fighters. Once you put your hands on a woman, you're out of here, no matter what circumstance. So now it's like, how hypocritical are you really being? What are you doing to yourself? Are you going to, I mean, granted in the grand scheme of things, she kind of hits him first. Then it's like, okay, it's a married couple, a long married couple. So it's like, the circumstances are a little different and you see that it's like, you know, more like a playful slap than a like, you know, that was, first of all, that was not a playful slap. And then secondly, you yeah, know, but you, so you have cameras all over you. You know at a bar. That's the defense that they're going to use to not do anything, that they're a long time married couple, that it wasn't anything that she already came out that. So that's what I'm getting at. Then it's like, 
All right, there is video evidence, but at least the video evidence shows that it wasn't like, oh, he slapped her and he said, she said, well, nobody saw it. Now it's going to be something super big. But this, like, then you see it and it's like, damn, all right, they're a married couple. I see all of this. So they're going to use that to their advantage. and Nothing's going to happen to him at the end of the day. But he said those words. He's being very hypocritical if nothing serious mm -hmm. happens to him. I wonder. Do you, that, do you think that fighter will say something and reach out and be like, "Yo, let me get back into the UFC"? Because oh yeah, it opens all of that up. It opens them up for criticism forever. For all of Mayweather's career, all they brought up was his, you know, domestic violence stuff. So that's what people do in the fight game. They just they leech on to very negative things like that and really throw it in your face more than any other sport or anything. So yeah. it's definitely going to follow them hundred percent. Okay, so we have like 10 minutes left. We we already discussed two scumbags of the night. Um, we can finish off the last two. So if you are a new listener and you're not familiar, um, the scumbag of the night is the individual that's responsible for ruining your sports happiness. So um, we have uh, the head coach, Saga, from the U.S. men's soccer. Uh, Dana White made the headlines for all the wrong reasons. Andres, um, who is your scumbag of the night? Was it somebody that messed up a bet? No, it's not necessarily my bet. It didn't really matter. It's more that he's messed up his, his school's integrity and identity, and he's just a choker each time in big games. I'm referring to John Harbaugh, or Jim Harbaugh. Excuse me, Jim Harbaugh. John's his brother, Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, welcome to the club, my boy. Welcome back. Glad to see you back for 2023. And the guy has the nerve after losing a game that he was ahead of, uh, let's, you know, uh, losing a playoff game for this might be the second playoff game that he's been there in 10 years or whatever. Uh, he he should have been fired many years ago at, at Michigan. Oh I'm surprised the game that. But more importantly, the scumbag reason, though, is that he had the nerve, or there's a report stating that if an NFL team reaches out to him, he's going to take it and go there. Nobody wants you, Jim. You're a loser, you you're a loser with the Niners. The Panthers are Michigan. Huh? The Panthers already had discussions with them. The Broncos want him. What are you talking about? He's, he's, a, he's a loser, though. He's a complete, utter loser. He's got he's, no Super Bowl rings. He never won a national title in college. And he's been to two. So what? Dan Reeves went to the Super Bowl. What, is, what does that matter? Who, I, I mean, mean, and then did Dan Reeves also get to a kind of Super Bowl in college? Like, that's saying something. He, he didn't get to the Super the kind of Super Bowl. He lost to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like the semifinal, you know. It's not, it's not the, the Super Bowl. You see, you go to the Super Bowl of, of college football. Look, all I'm saying, though, is that our ball's a loser. If it was back in our time, the AP polling, oh, yeah. he would have been playing in the fucking final this year, his team, his number two team against Georgia. And so. he still would have lost. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's still the last. It wouldn't matter. The guy's a choker. He, he didn't give the ball to Frank hey, Gordon you know, for, the, you know, for the Niners in the Super Bowl. You know who's a choker? And this was going to be my scumbag. I'll throw it in real quick. USC and UCLA college football are fucking scumbags for losing their bowl games both at the last second. UCLA gave me this hope that they were going to win the game and then just take it from us. And unfortunately, DTR can finish his career out there. And USC just embarrassingly putting up a dud against Tulane at the end and getting like a one yard uh, safety because the fucking returner fumbled the ball. Just so many things 
that could have gone wrong did go wrong. And uh, Williams, 500 yards, five TDs, I think it was, for not uh, them and Stidham. Fuck you, Jared Stidham, for covering against the 49ers. That's my last comeback. Back to you, Pat. <laughs> I mean, I was like, when I did that little post about DTR and Chip Kelly, I was like, dude, I can't wait to watch this game. Like, this is going to be so sick. I got, I got the day off of work, you know, and I was watching the game. Beautiful backdrop right there in El Paso, Texas. Everything was great, you know, and uh, DTR couldn't finish the game. He had three interceptions. It was just, I was like, oh, my God. And that's the last game that both of those, USC and UCLA, that's like their literal last game of the Pac-12, you know. like that. Was, no, I think they still have next season. They have 20, I think this is it, 23-24 is the first year. Well, I mean, whatever the case may be, it was a season finale. It was a career finale for DTR regardless. And it was just, uh, it sucked. It sucked that it ended that way. And um, USC, I didn't watch the game, um, but I did see what happened. And if he would have let that ball go, what if it, and it would have went out of bounds, maybe no, or would it went a touchback? I think he was signaling for like a fair catch. Oh, and he, he dropped it. Got, he would have gotten it there regardless. Okay. Which, yeah, I don't. I, I don't know what he was thinking. He might as well let that go out of bounds. And get it at thirty-five. You know, like it was just a brain fart for sure. All right. Well, those are the heroes in the headlines and the scumbags of the night for this week's show. Um, this is episode one seventy. And we are going to do our slate of games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And this week we have a Monday special, the College Football Championship. So we'll do that just after this. If you enjoy listening to the show, please subscribe to us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search Weekend Starts on Wednesday. You can keep up with all of our stories, all of our posts, and all of our predictions. Again, to keep up with all of our action and entertainment, Weekend Starts on Wednesday. It's the new year and it's another year for the College Crazy Corner. And I love it because this is College Crazy Cavalier King over here. I got your fucking picks for the week for College Crazy Corner. Who do I like first? Purdue versus Ohio State College Basketball Thursday at the Ohio State. Ohio State right now is favored one and a half against the number one team in the country against Purdue. Big Ten matchup. Who do I like? Cavalier King says Purdue, baby. Purdue Boilermakers are going to win big. They're going to win. Forget the one and a half. We don't need them. We'll take the money line. Get the extra points. Who do I like again for the great game? Six o'clock, Indiana Hoosiers versus the Iowa Hawkeyes. I've been talking about Iowa for the last two years. Why? Because they drive track tractors and we love the corn but it's going to be indiana hoosiers taking out the game even though iowa is the favorite by one indiana's a better team at 10 and 3 number 15 team in the country then we have a nice little crosstown rivalry that i know pat and flores loves to watch ucla versus usc in at uh, the at usc today no i lied it's at uh, poly pavilion uh change that UCLA is favored by 10 it looks like uh, I think they're going to cover I think they're going to blow them out I think they're going to just do naughty business we're the Trojans for the evening afterwards 
Uh, I lied. It's minus 12 and a half, not 10. I'm getting all my numbers confused. Why? Because I'm fucking crazy. I'm a crazy Cavalier. And uh, that's pretty much it. Friday night. There's nothing going on for the weekend. Uh, let me see. Maybe some Ivy League schools, but you have to tune into ESPN Plus or uh, you know, streaming online without the government knowing where you're at. So if anything, take uh, Yale versus Dartmouth. Why? Because Dartmouth sucks in basketball, and Yale is a much better team. So uh, that's pretty much it. Yale's smarter. Uh, you know, throw up the 322 and the skull and bones, and root for George Bush Jr.'s, uh, you know, home uh, home college court. So that's it. College Cavalier, college corner out. All right, big shout out to the crazy Cavalier King for his college corner picks. Thank you, um, Andres. I have to say, though, I think I'm going to go against all your picks except the UCLA one and the Princeton one. So I see opposite of you for Ohio State and Indiana. You mean, you mean Yale, not Princeton? Yeah, there it is. See? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love I love the college picks because we get to see how it plays out throughout the week. So good luck to you. I'm um, shooting it over to you, Flores, Thursday night, 4.30 p.m., is our first game. So we're dedicated to covering all the best sporting events taking place from Wednesday to Sunday. So this Thursday in the NBA, 4.30 p.m. is the Celtics versus the Mavs. It's on TNT. Uh, take it away, Flores. I mean, it's Tatum versus Luka. It's the number one team in the NBA, the Boston Celtics, record-wise. And honestly, everybody's power rankings and expectations-wise as well. And Luca's just handling his business. Two and a half games out of first place in the West. One of the most exciting players to watch. Jaw is also on that afternoon. You know, for those of you that dabble with a little bit of, you know, NBA games, extended-wise, go ahead and handle those games. But as far as TNT, Dallas and Boston, and then later that afternoon, too, we're talking about MVP candidates Tatum versus Luca. The Joker. I mean, this guy is just absolutely insane watching him over the Christmas break and some of the games that he had, just the way he dominates. There's a meme going around of, I can't believe this is what total domination looks like. And it's him like kind of crossing over and shooting off a of one foot, like Dirk wise and totally unathletic looking shot, but it goes in. And so Kawhi's there. It's the Clippers for all you L.A. fans. L.A. Clippers versus Denver, 7 p.m. on TNT. And anytime you see Shaq, Chuck, and them, NBA on TNT, make sure you guys tune in. That's my favorite show on TV. So that's why I wanted to highlight the Boston versus Dallas game and the Clippers versus Denver. Andres, which of those two games are you watching? I like both. I like both games. I think they're hot tickets to watch. Um... You know, I, I got to go with the Clips. I got to go with the hometown. You know why? Because it's perfect to go right bed late right after. That's a late-night snack. Uh, Joker, to me, is phenomenal. Pat knows that I, I enjoy the Joker. Uh, had that Futures bet two years ago with him winning the MVP. The guy's <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, triple doubles left and right. But the Clippers, man, they, they get that, that, that dog in them. So I got to go with the Clippers on that game. But the Luka and uh, Tatum matchup, is there a possibility possibility that any of them can score 50 points or more in that game? That's just what's going around right now. I, I, mean, I know. Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell just had 71, the highest since Kobe. Back yep. when Kobe had 81. So all this scoring is just, and especially from these star players, 
um, is unprecedented, especially Luca, who has to put that team on his back more than anyone. Luca scored. Luca scored what sixty points two like a week ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I mean, look, I think it's possible that you're gonna see some fireworks and possibly, possibly somebody shooting fifty points on again because nobody plays defense anymore. Well, <laughs> I mean, the they will play defense now that it's getting halfway towards the season. I feel like, I mean. Maybe, hopefully, but I don't want defense. Who cares? We want high scoring. Well, I was going to say my bold prediction is that Jason Tatum on Thursday night gets shut down and scores 20 points or less. I think that's bold, Jeff. Is that bold? Are we at zeros right now, or where are we? Uh, We're all at zeros because um, all I see is that you – Then it's bold enough. Yeah, it's bold enough. Yeah. Yeah. 20 or less. So he gets 21, you lose, right, Pat? Exactly, exactly. All right. So that's I'll take it, I'll take it. All right, so that's the NBA action for Thursday. Andres, is there any hockey going on Thursday? Uh, there is hockey, and it is the LA Kings versus the Boston Bruins. Uh, here in LA, very excited. The Kings need to uh, make up for their poor performance the last time they played against the Bruins, uh, but they are on a good winning streak. They won last night. The Kings did against the Dallas Stars. Um, Copley, the the surprising goaltender to back up, or Copley, I should say, the surprising goaltender to back up Jonathan Quick has been playing lights out. Nine wins, one loss for the Kings this season. Um, I'm just trying to find the, the last time. Actually, I, I misspoke. The Kings did win in Boston uh, in a shootout. I forgot that they were. Uh, Pat called it. He said that the Kings were going to win in Boston, and they did. Pat, do you think the Kings can extend a two-game winning streak against the Bruins? Um, I'm looking, I'm looking, and I say that they will. Yes, they, um, they've beaten some good quality teams over the last five games. Um, they've beaten Colorado, defending champions. They've beaten yep. the Vegas Knights, and they've beaten the Dallas Stars. And I know that they've lost to two teams recently that are not that good but what i'm getting at is from what i see the kings are a young team and they play to their opponent's level and boston's good so i think kings will rise up especially Uh here at home thursday night look boston's not just good boston's fucking great right this year they're 29 wins four losses and then four ties. That's that's pretty hot, if you ask me. Yeah. Probably the best team right now in the league. So. They're the best team in the league, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything, right? Yeah, all of it. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. Just handling their business and basketball. And that, that's guys. why we need the Mavericks and the Kings to win, because we can't have Boston fans going into the weekend thinking they're tough shit. That's, that's what and I'm trying to avoid. They're going to fucking lose all of that confidence when Mac Jones gets eliminated. But anyway, that's for a later <laughs> conversation. So let's uh, move it along. So thank you, Andres. I'm definitely watching all those games on Thursday night, especially the hockey game to close out the evening. Friday night, 4.30 p.m., the Brooklyn Nets taking on the New Orleans Pelicans. Flores, this is your game for Friday Night Lights. Yeah, I was really hyped earlier when I was you know, thinking about what games we could do to put Brooklyn in this conversation, and especially New Orleans, but kind of a downer on both sides now going into it, that Brooklyn just got their asses handed to them by the lowly Chicago Bulls. And I say that because, goddamn, I luckily my bet did not go in 
but I was going to go hard on the Nets minus five and a half tonight, and they actually lost by like 10 points. And the Bulls just, they always just fucking surprise you. Like I said earlier, they're like six and one against the top three teams in the East, but then they go and lose to random ass teams throughout the NBA, Charlotte Hornets, things like that. So the Brooklyn Nets just lost to the Bulls and the New Orleans Pelicans just lost Zion for, I think like a a month, maybe two months because of a hamstring. So that's kind of a downer. Nonetheless, though, Brooklyn is still the best team in the East. They are going to come out of the East, in my opinion. They're going to beat Boston in the conference finals. I said this, unfortunately, we weren't doing the podcast as much, but with some of my friends who watched the NBA, I was talking about this early when they were still not even in the top 10 seeds that, yo, this team is legit. When Simmons comes back, the way he plays with Kyrie, Kyrie and KD are both shooters. So Simmons can just create, pass out to them, and they're great shooters and creators when they slash themselves or off the dribble. So watching them against the Bulls today, because I didn't you know, get a chance to watch the majority of the game, about 80% of it, it's just amazing to watch these Nets. I know they did lose, but going into the playoffs, I'm excited, and I'm excited to see this game to see what they can do against the Pelicans, who are always exciting. Yeah, um, I – I was looking at the Pelicans roster and I was like, this team might go all the way. I mean, they have a solid squad. And they just fucking Zion, man. Because you're right. hundred percent you're right. So I mean, yeah, it's 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 good. It's good Friday night lights. Seven PM is the Hawks coming into Los Angeles, still with the NBA, the Atlanta Hawks taking on the Lakers who are um they've been acting funny lately, is the best way. <laughs> for me for me to say it because it's like they're winning games um and i mean lebron turned 38 a couple days ago and he followed up his birthday with back-to-back 40 point performances and as we record this show it's halftime right now and they're hosting um the heats and they're winning at half so the Lakers, they're starting to um, look a little bit better. I mean, I, I, I don't know how good they're going to get. I don't know how deep they're going to make the playoff run, if they are going to make the playoffs. But right now, as an Angelino, um, you know, when it comes to the Lakers, we just need them to stay relevant till at least, you know, the playoff start so we can get excited. So you always have confidence in them, Flores. Uh, so what what well, if, I mean, look. Just lost Zion for like two months. By then, maybe the Lakers get AD back. Who knows what happens with that? LeBron's still doing his thing. Russ Westbrook is carrying them today. I keep harping on that trio, just like I kept harping on what the Nets can do. The Lakers are in that same boat because when they get going, they showed what they could do. You know, a couple games into the season, when they just flipped that switch and won a bunch of games. So I'm I'm excited for what they can do, and also seeing the landscape in the West, what the Warriors have been going through injuries that can happen at any point in time in Memphis and Dallas. So, you know, it's open. That's the whole thing. The Lakers, like you said, just need to stay in there because things can open up and you never know what's going to happen. Just, you know, a couple plays, a couple players go down and they're all of a sudden top four seed. That's very, very possible. Yeah. And that that's, that's what is keeping me alive right now until at least baseball season starts is, you know, watching these Lakers, um, hey, they win. They win against the Heat, and then this Atlanta Hawks game is very winnable 
that's potentially two wins they can get without LeBron, without AD. That's big. Yeah, I, will, I mean, Russell Westbrook, is. it's his time to step up and silence the critics and show everybody that he belongs as a serious person to, um, you know, get the teams back. So Saturday night is uh, 515. It's NFL, you know, postseason on the line, Andres. This is your game. Uh, the Titans heading into Jacksonville, taking on the Jaguars. Who, who's? We know that you're the betting man of the group. Who are you putting your money on? You know, I'm going to go with the Jags. I'm going with Jacksonville. Uh, money line. I'm not giving up the six. I think that's too many points. Um, I don't know who's really going to be starting a quarterback for. Uh, they said Dobbs for Tennessee for the Titans, and I think that's what worries me uh, to have Dobbs starting because it's not Malik Willis. It's their, you know, and uh, Tannehill's done. What are they going to do? We know what the game plan is going to be. They're going to give the ball and feed uh you know, Henry all night, all day. So uh, that's an easy, easy one game dimensional plan that the Jags will have to just turn around and shut down. Can we just talk about how great the Jags have been from last year to this year? Like talk about a turnaround, you know, I don't even know. They were dismal last year. I don't even know if they won more than two games. They fired the coach Urban Meyer mid midway. Uh, you know, they had all the, all the potential and promises, all the young stars and, and uh, the quarterback Lawrence, and then uh, NTA for uh, the, the running back, and now they're on the verge of winning the AFC South, which I don't know when the last time the AFC South was won by the Jaguars. Like, what it was when Mark Brunel was throwing back in the early two thousands. Like, like that's the last time that I could think of them doing I think, it. I think they recently went to like the oh AFC. no Bortles, Bortles, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So okay, <laughs> they've done it maybe twice in their in their franchise, <laughs> make it a third time. But at the end of the day, they've made strides, and uh, they look good. Peterson's, made, you know, changing the culture down there. They're starting to believe. Lawrence is playing well. They got all their weapons. They, this is a team that I think might – I don't know who, they, who will match up in the playoffs, but they might win a playoff game. They might get to the site, to the next round of the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to go far. I'm just saying that they might win a playoff game. That's who it. are they going to be? No, no, 100%. You're right, dude. Like, you have the talent at quarterback – to yeah. make something happen, and that team is just night and day from what they were last year. So I 100% could see them winning a playoff game. But who would they play? You're talking shit about who are they going to beat, Pat, but who is it that they're going to play? I think they play uh, – They play the Ravens, maybe? Oh, they play the Ravens, they'll beat them. They'll beat the Ravens. 100%. They'll beat the Ravens. They couldn't even, the Ravens couldn't even beat a, a piss-poor Steelers team. They're, they'll, they'll lose. Piss-poor Pickett? Yeah, no, no, he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's actually sick as fuck. I mean, just kind of, just kind of rhymed at that moment. I'm going. Yeah. I, I like the Jags too. I mean, the Jags, they're they're good. They got a lot of talent um, on offense. Uh, their defense, you know, I don't know much about about their defense, but you know, I know that they got a lot of talent on the offense side of the football. So the Titans, I mean, they if they're done, that there's no way that they win. I mean, they've lost like the last six games in a row, you know, maybe the last five games in a row. So just complete embarrassment from the Tennessee Titans organization to close out the season. Um, and then Saturday night. So that football game gets your night started basically. And then there's a big boxing match Flores. Um, I saw it today, but where is it? What are the details of the boxing match? So I don't know what you saw on it or how much of it you saw, but the reason why I wanted to bring this up 
Showtime pay-per-view out of Washington, D.C. is because not only do we have the superstar Javante Tank Davis, which is what we're going to talk about in a minute, Jerron Ennis, another up-and-coming superstar, Demetrius Andrade, the guy that Canelo Alvarez a couple of years, I think like a year ago or a year and a half, was talking about payday, payday, you just want payday because he started talking shit after one of his fights. So that's already three very well-known and respected fighters. But your boy, Brandon Lee, is on this card. He's going up against Diego Gonzalo Duque. Brandon Lee, again, has had some nice knockouts. The last time I saw him, he was he did get knocked down in a fight. And I think I, I mentioned it to you, Pat, but he came out. Knocked the guy out, won the fight, still making it happen. So a lot of names on this card, but Javante Tank Davis versus Hector Luis Garcia. Supposedly, this is just a tune-up for Tank for him to face King Ryan, Ryan Garcia, later on this year. Ryan Garcia posted and made it known, I don't want a tune-up fight. I'm ready for Tank after Tank signed this fight. So... Hopefully, this is the last fight either one has until they fight each other. And that's why you need to watch watch Tank Davis dispose of this guy so that then Ryan Garcia can hopefully come into the ring and they can announce the fight because that would be sick. And it's, it's going to be in, in Vegas? Washington, D.C. Oh, okay. Washington. Which is where I think that's where Tank is from. Yeah. Um, so... It's a seventy-five dollar purchase on pay-per-view, but is it going to go the distance? Like, should people like? Is it going to be? Well, this is they packed it with a hell of a card. Now, a hell of an A-side card. Don't get me wrong; it's not like any of these fights are like, oh, a guy facing somebody that's a fifty-fifty. Nah, Jerron Ennis, who's also an up-and-coming star, fighting Karen Chukadazian, uh, Rashidi Ellis. Demetrius Andrade is fighting uh, Demon Nicholson. Okay. So, you know, a lot of these are the, the favorites should win, but it's a lot of good names. So if you are going to – it's been a while since the fight game has been out there. If you're itching for that, this is a very good card to okay. watch. And you're if it doesn't go the distance, it's because of a crazy-ass knockout by Tank. So that is worth the two. Yeah, okay. Well, definitely keep that in mind for all you boxing fans. And then going into Sunday – for the Patriots and Bills and the Ravens and Bengals only because of what happened on, on Monday Night Football. And, um, you know, the the accident that happened, it was very – I guess you can say that it was a freak accident, right? Um, you know, when he the, – the player collapses moments after – making the the hit you know demar hamlin tackles t higgins gets up and collapses and i was watching the video and i was trying to see you know what could have happened and do you think it was a a freak accident flores or like what what did you think when you first saw it because that was crazy yeah i mean there's no other way to describe it but a freak accident it's not like there was any intent on any side or anything like that so it's just unfortunate that it happens. And, you know, we were just talking about boxing and, and the combat sports. And when people take blows to the body, just as much as the head, if it's just in the wrong place, you don't know how your body's going to react. 
So it's just very unfortunate. I don't know if it's heart related or what exactly because of the, you know, the blow being in the chest. And that's what everybody has been talking about, but hopefully it pulls through and there's a lot of positive coming from this in the sense of people coming together and especially donating to his, um, Mm-hmm. M's foundation, I think, is what it was. So it's just really unfortunate. It just really sucks. You know, you're sitting there like, okay, they're going to get this game started. This is, you know, this happens, injuries, people fall down. But then you realize the severity of it. And you're just like, ah, please just, you know, end this now. Like, it was just awkward going back and forth to the studio with Booger McFarlane and all that. And it just, you just wanted it to end. Like, just, just cut the programming, get to something else. Because this really sucks right now. Yeah, and Andres, how would you handle the rescheduling of the football game? I mean, I would have played the next day. The next day? Yeah, or or I would have continued right then and there. There's nothing you can do. Okay, you, 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 no, you're saying that you as a what? As Goodell or you as an NFL no, I mean, player? Me as, if, I was, if, it was, if it was my teammate, I'm like, let's just play it. There ain't nothing if we can do about it. So if you're a Buffalo Bill, that's what you're saying? Yeah, because okay, so for example, so here for for example, for example, I was a junior in high school uh, at St. Francis, and I was on the football team. Didn't really play much, but I was on the team. One of our linemen went down. It was on Halloween night that night, Friday night. He goes down. He had a he had a head injury, neck injury. We had the uh, ambulance came on the field. They put him on a stretcher, took him out. We still continued the game, and we that was that was it. I mean, it was fine. Thank God. But, you know, we still continue the game. So as a, as a player in a situation like that or as a teammate, I say, yeah, let's, let's go win it out for him. There's nothing we can do about it. The game's got to continue. If he had died on the field, uh, maybe that's a different story. But the fact that, you know, it was carted off and, yeah, it was a scary situ- you know, moment for them to see, to see your teammate uh, being given CPR and an AED machine for nine minutes – um, but I, look, I don't know. I think either play it or, or schedule it for a later date, but you, it needs to be completed because it affects, you know, uh, records and playoff standings and situations. I was, I was just, I mean, why don't they just move that one game to the end of the season? Like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, is that, is, did they say they were going to not do that? I, I, I don't well, know. I mean, the, 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 you know, obvious thing that you can look to and that everybody's been talking about first take was talking about it is just skipping that extra week before the super bowl and pushing all the games back so that the only game next week would be this one so you literally have to have this game if this was Mm -hmm. two non-playoff teams at least you can make that argument but this is literally for the top seed for having home you know field advantage whether it goes to kansas city or to buffalo if it gets to the conference finals, um, it's just, it, it's crazy, you know, what could potentially happen either way. So you definitely have to play it. I just, I don't know if anybody possibly on that field would have been able to play it that day. And you obviously can't play it the next day because, you know, this isn't soccer or the NBA where you can have back-to-backs or MLB. You don't just, your body and the NFL, your preparation, all that just all of a sudden be ready for the next day as, as professional as you are, that just doesn't happen. So yeah. When do they do it? Shit. That's, that's still up in the air, but that's, that's the talk everybody's having that the, the most, you know, that makes the most logical sense. But then you miss that week of the Super Bowl where the teams get to prepare one week so they can then focus on the media the next week. 
So now what? You're going to have them focus on the media and be practicing for the Super Bowl too. So just a lot of give and take on what to potentially do. But I do agree that it does have to be played though. It it does have to be played because at 10 a.m. on Sunday, the Patriots are going into Buffalo. So the Bills are playing with heavy hearts. They have to beat the Patriots and keep the Patriots out of the playoffs and improve their own standing. And then at 10 a.m. at the same exact time, the, the Baltimore Ravens are playing the Bengals, and both teams are looking to improve their status in the playoffs. You know, division is on the line right here for the Bengals and, and the Ravens. And then you have, you know, the, the Dolphins trying to win. When, if the Dolphins beat the Jets, I believe, then, then they advance into the playoffs. And then at the same time, the, the Steelers have to fight off the Browns so you're talking about the Patriots, Steelers, and Dolphins all playing for that last spot, you know. So it, it, it's a lot going on in the AFC. And then at, at 125, the NFC games, Flores, what, what's going on with that playoff picture on Sunday? So there's still the number one, we just discussed, seed in the AFC, but the number one seed in the NFC, surprisingly, is still up in the air too because the Philadelphia Eagles have just not handled business recently with Jalen Hurts being down and Minshew being in there. So now if the Eagles lose to the Giants who unfortunately for us 49er fans have nothing to play for because they've clinched their playoff berth and whatever happens happens, they don't really care. Um, so who knows who they rest, but if the Eagles happen to lose to the Giants, if, first of all, if they win, they're the number one seed. All this doesn't matter. But if they happen to lose, the 49ers could still get that number one spot and that big bye week that comes with it. The only team that gets the bye week now is that number one seed. Remember that. So if the Eagles lose their game and the Vikings lose to um, the Chicago Bears, uh, which, I mean, leave it up to Kirk Cousins to do that. Um, the 49ers could sneak up to the number one spot. Um, shit, even the Cowboys can sneak up to the number one spot if the Eagles lose and the 49ers lose. So I know you're invested in that too, Pat, that somehow the fucking Cowboys can end up the number one seed in the NFC and avoid playing Tom fucking Brady, which is, I think, what comes with that uh, number five seed. So it's just a lot going on still in the NFC side. And then the nightcap at 5.20 p.m. Sunday night, the Lions and Packers on dress. Who you got? This is for this uh, is for the playoffs, right? Whoever wins is in, right? Uh, the Seahawks, if they win and Detroit wins, would get in. So Detroit still needs something to happen. Okay. So Packers win, they're in on dress. Aaron Rodgers, your boy. This game, this game in Detroit? Nope. Ooh, you know what? I'm still gonna go with Detroit. I like the coach. I like the players. I like I like Hutchinson on the defensive side. Um, not no, not so much Goff as a quarterback. Um, He's had a good season. I, he is having a good season. Yeah, I mean that's what happens when we're playing indoors for half half the games. But uh, I think um, I think Detroit pulls up the upset. I like them. I want to see them do something. And uh, you know. Forget Aaron Rodgers. I'm tired of his of his <laughs> pussy ass and baby ass and crying about everything. So uh, let's see some new blood. So I'm I'm rocking with the Lions. Flores, what do you think? No, yeah, I, I'm so sick of this like narrative 
because that's the word that Aaron Rodgers used today, I think, on the Pat McAfee show. Yeah, the narrative keeps going up and down, up and down, and now they're talking about that's a team you don't want to face. No, literally nobody is fucking saying that. The Packers are cooked chicken waiting for somebody to fucking just pluck them and dispose of them in the playoffs. Same as potentially the Tampa Bay Bucks can be with what Tom Brady has been doing. So these two, you know, famous old-timer quarterbacks as much as they're talking about their teams, you know, making a comeback and making the playoffs after doubters, they could very well be gone the first week, and especially the Packers, because that team still is going to come in as the last seed in the NFC, so it's not like they're doing anything special. All right, so Flores and Andres, you guys still haven't given any bull predictions, so let's leave it for Monday night, the college football championship. You each have 30 seconds, 4.30 p.m., TCU taking on Georgia right here at SoFi in Los Angeles. So let's start with you, Andres. 30 seconds. What kind of bull prediction comes from this game from you? Hypnotoad, baby. They're going to be the national champions. I don't need the 12 and a half points. They're going to win outright. Uh, Max Duger is going to be the MVP. But my bull prediction is TCU winning outright for the for Monday night. That's bold, and mine is Georgia by 20. Is that Ooh. bold? <laughs> That's bold. Okay. And each bowl prediction, I don't know if I mentioned this, but each bowl prediction is worth seven points. The first to 21 collects beer from the losers. Um, right now, the score is all zeros uh, because Andres won the last round of bowl predictions and reset the scoreboard. So um, Andres' bowl prediction is TCU wins. Flores is that UGA wins by 20 or more. So good luck, gentlemen. And that actually is the 170th episode. We are getting closer and closer to 200. We want to thank our listeners, um, our loyal listeners. You guys will always be our heroes, never our scumbags. We will see you next week. If you're going to place any bets this weekend, good luck.